This is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, heart, soul, and earth aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. Mina Bashan is a violist and a pleasure activist. Guided by radical self-love and freedom, Mina uses movement and music to help people access their deepest pleasure from within their own bodies. She believes erotic energy exists in abundance, and by tapping into it, we can better express pain, rage, desire, joy, ecstasy, and love. Topics we explore in this episode include finding sexiness in a place of how I feel instead of how I look, body changes after birth and the mental toll of parenting, movement practices for trauma therapy and claiming sensuality, reframing sexual energy for ourselves, the importance of falling in love with yourself first, repatterning initiatory moments as a mother. I hope you enjoy this time with Mina as much as I did. Talking about insights around the sacred feminine. So one of the things that I personally have been asked to look at is where the sacred feminine or the feminine is being extracted from. And starting with, you know, of course our earth, Mm -hmm. but also in circles of women. So more about where women, because they've been so deep into this paradigm of patriarchy, have that internalized patriarchy mm-hmm. and are using it to get something from the feminine. Mm. And that was sort of the truth that was really downloaded. And then on a personal level, where am I extracting from my own feminine energy to like get stuff done or run a business or even in orgasm, right? Cause we're right. There's so many different ways that you could look at it. Yeah. And when you start to look at that question, it's like, we've been so deeply programmed that she is to be used. Yeah. And even in the language, right. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, how do we get something from the feminine? Mm-hmm. And then us as women participating in that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we're in the same programming. And then when you try to wake up and say like, oh, I don't want to do that, <laughs> right? It's like trying to do it different is super disorienting because then you hit up against all of the fears that are programmed with that programming too. So like, oh my gosh, well, how am I going to make a living if I'm not like writing a fancy sales page, right? Like that kind of stuff. That's like kind of a silly example. But for me, like I can't, that doesn't work for me. I've never been able to do sales in a way that was like manipulating people's pain. And so it's like, oh, so then what do we do? If we're truly aligning, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? And so it sort of just throws everything into the chaotic 
mm-hmm. which is okay because we know that that has to happen mm-hmm. to find our footing. But to truly, what does it truly mean to align with the feminine? And I'm just here to tell you, <laughs> and you're yeah. here to, you're here to tell me too. Yeah. It's not a simple process. Mm-hmm. At least it hasn't been for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The alignment is okay. It's following it, mm-hmm. you know, and trusting like you really are okay mm-hmm. because we've been taught, at least I have, and most of the women I work with, that's not how you're okay. Yeah. That isn't to be trusted. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's kind of this piece that's coming through. Mm-hmm. Curious what you're thinking. Yeah, as no, I mean, I said just like that lands, it really lands for me. And yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things that were sort of bubbling as you were talking was this this idea of, of us in this time and in this space being sort of the transition team. Yeah. Right. And like, what does that mean too, in terms of like the amount of like discomfort and it'll feel different for us at this point, living now in this mm-hmm. big, big picture of moving, right. Starting to shift the balances. Mm-hmm. Um, then it will hopefully, you know, even a generation from now and definitely multiple generations from now. And so like, I think everything you're describing makes total sense. And I think what I'm also trying to understand is like what I'm hearing from you and what I feel is the the sort of tension of doing things differently or like, you know, really embodying the feminine and then just like hitting up against something that is so not receptive and so like, not only not receptive, but just it's a wall. Like it doesn't even feel alive. It feels like you're just hitting a, a place of like, we don't understand you. We don't understand. Like a dead zone. On yeah. That. Right. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. you're coming with this, like, even if you are like the fullest expression and the most kind of aligned and like, just like, no, I'm just going to trust. I'm going to do this. There's still a major tension of meeting with meeting the world where it is mm-hmm. with this energy. And so <clears throat> I guess I'm, I'm both trying to hold, I'm holding like both truths that we are living now and it is uncomfortable. It is to feel this, to like, try to embody it, to like, just live and breathe fully in something completely different from what we've been conditioned. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. And then the idea that it won't always be like this, but mm-hmm. that right now, <laughs> like this is a reality that we're holding, like we're, we're holding that it's really, really hard because the world doesn't reflect it. And, you know, and maybe, the, I mean, I guess I'm just trying to kind of imagine, yeah, like anyone on the forefront of anything ever has that, like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. And I, and, and I am this and I, and I can't be anything but this right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that tension. Yeah. Go ahead. I think that tension is very present in a body. I mean, I know you do so much embodiment work, but, you know, really trusting the arising power of that feminine energy and then hitting up against all of those structures that say, this is not it. This is not safe. This is not how we do it. And it is, I hear you on the tension point. I'm curious what you would advise someone Yeah. The thing that keeps coming to my mind is like collective power is just like, we can, we need more and more and more pooling of our energies and our resources and our sense of not doing this alone. Just thinking about us like coming together and being greater than the sum of our parts. I mean, that feels very real, both that the power and the magnitude of being this collective coming up against 
this wall, if we're, you know, or whatever, we're in this dead zone, mm-hmm. feels much more like, what's the word? I don't know, I keep thinking of the word powerful, but like, it just feels so much more full of possibility mm-hmm. in how like it then- potent. Yeah, mm-hmm. potent, that's a good mm-hmm. way of putting it. Versus just imagining a whole bunch of like individual points mm-hmm. hitting up against something. And so I feel like both from a, from a place of belonging, like for the feminine to find its home for us as individuals to feel like what you're describing, that, that incredible trust and inner knowing and to kind of keep that flowing and bubbling and just like this continuous sense of like, this is right, this is right. It feels like we need that collective for that reason. And also because it will, like that's what's gonna penetrate, that's what's gonna permeate and that's what's gonna make mm. the like really big shifts, like the cosmic shifts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I mean, I feel like we have to just keep coming out and we have to keep just being so vulnerable and <laughs> honest about who we are and what reality feels like and ought to be, you know? And I have been really enjoying watching you mm-hmm. take doses of your own medicine, right? At least what I've mm-hmm. witnessed is you really trying to embody what you just said, mm-hmm. like stepping into here I am. I'm going to try this thing. This is what's moving me today. Like literally, Mm. and, you know, showing up as almost like permission Mm. for people to do that. I'm curious if you're willing to talk about what that process has been like for you to do what you just said, which is really embody and show up visibly. I think you're speaking to, especially the sort of movement practices, the Mm -hmm. pleasure-based sort of sensuality, red energies, I would call it all those things, you know, because it really embodies a lot of, for me, sacred rage and desire and passion, like kind of Mm -hmm. all being really commingled Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And and the repression of those energies being also very commingled together, right? It's like, don't be angry. Don't be too sexual. Don't be like, there's, there's something that like, as soon as we get really close to that sort of tap, tapping into that fire within us, it's just too much danger, right? Like too much, like there's like a, because it's so powerful because it's so what powerful. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, Mm -hmm. and because those energies are actually like, you know, I would say they're the same erotic life force energy that's Mm -hmm. just coming through in with different expressions, but it feels one and the same. What's interesting for me in my story is after birthing my second child, which was a month into the pandemic. So April, 2020, I, you know, you can imagine, but went into a very (laughs) dark place. Yeah. It was a, it was a really, really hard time in all ways. And maybe like five months in, I um, was sort of just starting to peek out enough to say like, I need to, I just, I need to find myself a little bit again. And like, am I ever going to be, you know, my body went through a lot in that second pregnancy, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot more than everyone's body changes differently. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like mine had changed so much more than my others, than my friends and then other moms who had gone through the same process similarly. And so I immediately, I think this Mm -hmm. is a very typical uh, reaction, which is like, my body is gone. And like, you know, I'm never going to be that person I once was, you know, and for me, that was, you know, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about my looks. I felt, you know, like I held a lot of value in my body, not for myself, but in the way that it felt like 
it was sort of like like a transactional situation, right? Like yes, currency. Yes. It felt like currency, like literally. I mean, I you know, it's in reflecting now that I realize mm. just how toxic it was. But I mean, I from a very young age felt like, okay, like this is how I get power as a woman. Mm. Right. Like I on my looks, I think about, you know, I'm yeah, just all the all the messaging that I received was like, great. Okay. So now I'm gonna embody that and I'm gonna get what I need from men. Kick it. By- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like I got power. Like I can be hot, you know, and it's like <laughs> anyway. So so for many years, that. for many years that was yeah. it. And I of course so, completely so honest. honest. So honest because like and it's not because I'm so beautiful. It's like I just I was playing the game and I knew that I had enough genetics working on my side. You know, when I was young I was very skinny, like all this stuff. And I just kind of was like, great, I'm not questioning this. It's working for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't until I hit this really low point after, you know, after giving birth and obviously being in a dark place anyway, but definitely with my body and just being like, well, that's over. Mm. I'm done. You know, I mean, just yeah. really. And I'm oh. what, how old was I? 30. That's so sad. That's so sad. That's over. <laughs> so, over. What yeah. is that? And I was like, you know, I mean, in, in spirit of being super vulnerable, I mean, I, I was like picking a scab on my breast. Cause I was like, whatever, who cares? Like my body, like, you know, I mean, just like, just really being very masochistic in a way, just like, mm-hmm. you know, just anyway, it was, it was, it was dark. And so I, you know, I remember stumbling upon this sort of new body of work from a woman, Tracy Harvard called mm-hmm. Ishtara. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I may have mentioned it to you, but somebody who, you know, was kind of combining the way I like to call it. I mean, it's like combining- sacred sisterhood with trauma therapy and sensuality and sort of movement practices. And, um, and so I, I was like, Oh, this, yes. Like anything to get me back to feeling sexy again, to make, Mm. get me back to like feeling like I, yeah, that I can like feel good in my body and that I, and that I still have it on some level. I mean, all the, all these things that just, you know, I was getting involved because of that pain point. And I will just say that like that experience six week container experience for just one, you know, once a week for six weeks with a container of six women Mm. was the catalyst that changed Mm. like everything for me. This idea of like the power of the collective for me was like inextricably linked to my awakening. And I think for me, it's partly because there's a vulnerability, there's a safety, there's a being seen and a witnessing that I think is absolutely crucial for women, Mm -hmm. especially Mm-hmm. To be, I mean, and, and again, how I described myself in terms of seeing myself as currency and seeing yes. myself right in relationship to men and my sexuality only in relationship to men, not to myself, not for you. Um, mm. Yeah. Just like so much of it that was male gaze. And so to, to be in a container where that was just taken off the table, like it was none of that, right. It was, it was all women. And it was, it was exactly what I actually needed to be able to fundamentally shift my perception of self and relationship to self so that it had absolutely nothing to do with men. (laughs) So what did you shift to if the shift was from that? So the shift, so, so now, (laughs) you know, it's a work in progress. I want to, I'd love to be be like, I am just divine. And I feel that way all the time. And oh, well, you know, yeah, no, but I mean, what it shifted to was like, I decide basically. Mm. It was, I decide, I decide. I mean, I, Mm. I decide what's sexy. And I decide that based on how I feel, not mm-hmm. based on how I look mm. and what feels 
like so yummy and pleasurable to my body. Like that is where it's at, you know, like Mm -hmm. just that idea that the most, you know, and, and as I like, so it started from there and of course it developed quite a bit and I went on my own journey with it, with my relationship to pleasure and, you know, just the sort of the revelation that the most for me, anyway, I'll speak for myself, like the most juicy, pleasurable, ecstatic experiences are within me. Yes. (laughs) I create them. They're within me. They are free. (laughs) For you. (laughs) For me. They are, you know, and like they are nature and they are reflected all around me all the time. Mm. And my entire life, I have been cut off from it. Like Mm. what, you know, like, what are you saying? I'm fine. Like I have everything I need, you know, like it just, uh, yeah. I love that. I love that. The reframe of the sexual energy, just as, you know, something that is outwardly focused to something that is for you right? and your wellness and your health and your turn on and your expression, your passion, all of that, I think is a radical and Mm -hmm. necessary shift. Yeah. If we're really talking about coming into the feminine power, yeah, that is it. Yeah. That's the power, Mm -hmm. right? And it isn't something that we are giving away before we even, I mean, we will overflow. It will overflow, (laughs) right? Right. And that's a totally different thing, but just really allowing it for us. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a, a really powerful concept. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking Catherine about your work with younger adults and with yes. kids. I know you yes. work with a range of age yes. ages. And I will say like, for me, a lot of this, and I'm sure you have had similar thoughts is about like, let's start really young then because this stuff starts really young. I mean, yes. the programming is there you know, I have a daughter who's four and a half. It's there like immediately. So Mm -hmm. I just, I can imagine if instead of the focus being like, Ooh, boys and like, of course, and boys and girls and, you know, whoever, whoever you're into, but like, instead of the focus being external, like what if it really was about falling in love with yourself first, which I know like it's that term is sort of thrown around, but if it really was like, you are the incredible, like gem and, and source of the greatest pleasure in your life. And, and, and I, that's not just, it's, we're not just talking about orgasm or solo sex. I think it's just right. It's just like, just like, what is it like to feel all the like incredible titillating sensations of just like touching your arms as Mm -hmm. I am right now or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like being in awe of like what you are made Mm -hmm. of and how, you know, what sensations can pulse through your body from, I mean, just all that stuff. It's like, why, like, what are we so afraid of in making anyone aware of what is within them at a young age. Right. Right. Well, I think the, what we are afraid of is that touches into this deep feminine power, which is so potent and so different than what we're used to considering that it is, it has been suppressed on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, I mean, The power is the power to bring souls into our bodies and birth them onto planet earth. I'm sorry. Tell me about a better power or a more, more potent power than that. Yep. Than being able to receive a sperm 
And then like, we're not just receptive, right? Then we grow the thing. We, we pick yeah. the sperm, we grow the thing, we nourish the thing. Yeah. Then we somehow connect with the soul. Yeah. And then that all gets mm-hmm. brought into this earthly plane. And then we continue. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm on it for two decades. It's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. that is so powerful. That is so powerful. And so that there's, you know, that has been restricted, that has been suppressed. And so for us to like, just do this and remember that we're sacred and then maybe touch into that, like really potent life force that's underneath all of this. Yeah. Yeah. That would change things. Mm -hmm. That would change things if we were all connected and open to that that life for I'm pointing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing down there. That's how I experience it. Like for me, it comes up yes, and opens, totally. right? Right. Yeah. And so being like, it would be radical to be open to that level of power. Mm-hmm. Yes, teaching young girls. So it's interesting you're bringing that up because I work with some kind of early teenagers right now mm-hmm. that I love. Mm-hmm. And then also yesterday I saw this amazing young woman who I've worked with from the age of 16 to 26. Wow. I mean, what a span of time, mm-hmm. right? And seeing yes. her move through a complete adolescent cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, those young girls, they're so in the system already mm-hmm. at that young age, right? Yeah. That even to say a lot of their concerns are around social dynamics with other girls more than boys, right? All this, and that's a whole nother thing to work on is our relationship to each other. But even the idea of like, you get to hold your power, that is a thought that takes some time to get in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have to to give your power away to fit in. You don't have to give your power away for a guy to like you, right? Just that. And it's like, you're fighting all of this conditioning and even programming from their families, right? Who have said like, be a nice girl and say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Like all of that you're up against. So it is a big job. Yeah. So no, it, it, totally. it would be interesting to think about how, what would a curriculum be? And I know you're, did you write your book? No, I mean, I wrote a, well, I wrote a children's book, but that's. Right. Yeah. Okay. But wasn't that about something about. Yeah. It taps in. Yeah. It definitely taps into this. Yeah. I mean, it taps, yeah. it taps into archetypes and yeah, sort of getting to know not just the princess superhero archetype, but like the wild woman and the women and the, and the midwives and the, um, creatrix and the priestess. And yeah, anyway. And that's for a younger age, right? Yeah, it is. That's young. Yeah. Right. So that's a, that's a good example of using, starting to use new stories, new narratives. Yeah, totally. To start to teach even, even very young girls that there's, there are all these different aspects Right. So there's a lot to do, I think, on multi layers. Yeah. Right. But we got to yeah. get the mamas in their bodies so that the mamas could do the work to teach. Well, right. Well, it's funny you're saying that. I was just, I was just having the thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had the thought when you were speaking about um, the maiden energy, right? Which is like adolescence, you know, when we first bleed until sort of motherhood, rough, roughly, right? I don't know, 20s, 30s. But I'm just thinking like that maiden energy is meant to be receiving what the world, like you're really taking it in, right? I mean, yes. I think what's so hard is that they're not not doing that right. Like they're not right. yet in the stage of like, I decide and like, this is my, but then like you say, it's just like, but what we're feeding them is 
toxic, a lot of it. So mm-hmm. it's just like how to like allow them to be in that energy of like, take, you know, sure, of course, you're going to care what other people think to some degree, and you're going to, you know, be molding yourself and you're going to be a sponge and all this stuff, but how to like, like you're saying, create more avenues for the right, for the, for, I don't want to say the right, but for a much bigger variety of positive mm-hmm. influences to come in, especially for the feminine specifically, because we're devoid of it in basically other, all other aspects. And talking about mamas, I have been really sort of tapping, dialing in to that energy right now, obviously being very much in the stage of, let's see, I have a three-year-old just turned three-year-old and a four and a half-year-old. And wow. You were, yeah, you were describing. Let's just pause. That's, <laughs> that's, that's those ages. Oh, I know. I have a 17 and 21. So I'm like in this other, you know, I've got young men. That's a job to do too. I like, know. you know, teaching them to honor themselves. And from that place, they honor the feminine. Yeah. 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 yeah and they're yeah. still very much like in it. Like you're not, they're not full, full, oh, full no. adults, right? So, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, tell me about the mama stuff here. No, just, just that I, I, I'm thinking about what you were saying, just the way you describe the potency and the like sort of abundance and juiciness of this state of like, I just birthed new life. Yeah. Like, the power in that, which mm. I felt very strongly, it just gets sucked out as soon as it, as soon as like you're done, you know, as soon as you've birthed life, like all of the focus goes to the baby. All the focus is like, you know, and, and, and the lack of support and the, there's so many ways in which the world as it looks right now is just like a slap in the face to that incredibly potent energy that just got like mm-hmm. awakened in you, you yes. know, and, and that's, and that's if you really like allowed yourself to feel it all. Right. Cause I think also the systems, the like hospital, you know, the healthcare systems try to numb you out to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They and try to it. like, Right. They take it and they, and they're basically like, no, you don't need to know. You don't really need to know what you're actually doing here. Right. Yeah. I've just been like, so captivated by the sort of mother, mother in full bloom, the, the, the mother archetype being this sort of like the full moon and the summer of your life. And it's like, if supposed to be that stage archetypally where you're just like the most fertile, the most abundant, the most in your power in, in the sense of you just like did this incredible thing and to yes. bring your life in. And, you know, we are just, I want to see that expressed. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see those moms able to really, really tap into that and, and like bring all of that vitality into the, into the world to each other and then to yes. the world, because you're right. I mean, obviously in parenting, we are essentially like educating the next generation. So of course there's that, yes. but also just what it could do for those moms to be that awakened and alivened and in touch and, you know, juices flowing and all that stuff. Like, I mean, that to me feels like the revolution sort of starts there, you know? A hundred percent. I think that we talk about the feminine Mm -hmm. and all of her different expressions. And and I can talk a little bit about my view of this, but Mm -hmm. I think the mother is the most powerful and the most disregarded Mm. in our, in this American culture. Mm right? She is not elevated. She is not given everything she needs. She is not honored for where she is on her path. She is not seen as the most powerful one. And in fact, I think, you know, we're in a, we're in a time where mother is even getting distorted. 
it's even more devalued in some ways. And so I think you're right on. And what we're really talking about is these initiations. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it, we're talking about, you know, the menses. So it's the biological initiation of a woman. First menses, sex, birthing a child, menopause, death, Mm -hmm. right? All of those. And in a healthy society, those would be the power of those initiations would be dedicated to the woman. Mm-hmm. And in all of those initiations in our culture, so I'm at one, I'm at a different one. I'm I'm now moving into the crone, <laughs> which oh, I hate queen, that word. queen. <laughs> queen I, I'm trying sure. to work on crone because I think it means something really powerful. Um, I, and I do think there is like a new archetype in here between the mother and the crone that just because of how long we're living, that probably is queen. But how do we shift so that the power stays with the woman? Mm. Right. So even like in a first menstruation, like how do we empower young women to understand that when we're birthing our babies, even if we do end up in the hospital, how do we keep the power dedicated to ourselves? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And as a mother, how do we keep that alive? Mm -hmm. How do we honor the wise woman? Right. There's this Mm -hmm. whole, what you're tapping into is like a really potent piece Mm -hmm. that I think is, is potentially in a woman's life, the most potent piece. Mm -hmm. Mm. And then look at how we're treating our our mothers mm. and look at how we're treating the earth. I mean, it's all lined up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the same. Right? It's all lined up. And well, so, because if we keep ourselves from seeing ourselves as nature, which is what we do, like the moment we're indoctrinated into I, for the most part, I mean, and I yeah. live in a city, so it's very easy, right. For that to happen. Then, then we don't actually see ourselves reflected all around us either as like you watch in awe as the, as the flower, you know, sort of opens up to its fullest expression, Yes, but, but you don't then see that that's you, right. you know what I mean? Like, because right. nobody's making the connection of like, you are that, like that, that mm. you're the same thing. And you just birthed mm. that too, by the way, like you just have, it's, there's no connections being made so that we're not, we can stay numb and completely detached and completely disconnected. The um, numb piece is really a mechanism. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think the embodiment piece that you're working with, and I don't know everything about what you're doing, yeah. but is so important. Yeah, right. Because the this is where the transformation happens, mm. and this is where we get through numbness and start to feel again and mm. have sensations and process our feelings. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so I think the mm-hmm. I think you're onto some really important pieces here around mm. pleasure, embodiment, reverence for the feminine. Uh, tapping into the mother, the power mm. of the mother. Mm. Are you doing work with mothers? Yeah, well, actually, I'm I'm starting my first um, mother in full bloom in June, which will be nice. a yeah, a, a sort of sacred container. Yeah, for mothers who want to kind of go back and like feel that real transition and transformational experience of grieving what you know, sort mm-hmm. of grieving the maiden, grieving, you know, the life before, but then in so doing, stepping into this, yeah, this mother in full bloom. Um, oh, so you're going to repattern the initiation. That, that, <laughs> what it sounds like. That's what oh, I hope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, okay. and the idea being very much to bring in movement and pleasure-based work mm-hmm. so that it gets really, yeah, like you're saying, sort of rewired in and that we can find ourselves where we are with so much love and awe, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fabulous. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your, how your work is emerging? Hmm. Sure. Even just like, yeah, no, I'm currently how it, you know, like in this moment, what's true around. What's true is that I think we're so used to seeing ourselves as these kind of subdivided beings, right? It's like, you got your work life and -hmm. you have your at home life with your kids. And you know, you, you got the wife hat and the mom hat and the (laughs) hat you wear with your friends. And like, you know, and it just feels like they're all sort of like switching around. And I think what I, what I'm so loving, and I think you, you live this from what I see is like the one hat, which is is. right. But that's so much easier. It's so much easier, so much easier, but, Mm -hmm. but also like Nobody tells you that. I mean, I don't know. It, that also feels like you're encouraged in the other ways, right? You're encouraged to sort of like show up to work and mm. then like, you know, okay, switch gears on your way home so that you can like prepare yourself for being with the kids. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's all, you know, and I will say one of the things that I am still very much trying to feel like a real through line with is being in my pleasure and mothering because there's, there's overlap, but it, it, it feels like there's a little more tension around how do you, how do you just fully, because to be in pleasure, I mean, you got to be like, no stress, <laughs> no, you know, so anyway, that's, that's its own thing. Well, but, um, we, I think that's a really, let's talk about that for uh, a second. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. You have um, experience. For me, I had to, because I, you know, I have single, I was a single mom. I am a single mom. And so there wasn't ever going to be a moment where all the things fell into place and it was just going to be mm-hmm. stress-free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just was never going to happen. It's not the reality. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really change my thinking around how to just be super present mm-hmm. and find ways to bring that in, even within the duties, which I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a, yeah. of mothering that responsibilities. Are so, yeah. Yeah. And it can feel so heavy and so never ending. Yes. Right. But even within that, mm. like, where can I, you know, find the thing? So if I'm making dinner every night, mm. which is something I like, so this wouldn't be for everybody, but how can I like make it artistic? How can it be an yeah. expression of creativity? And mm. just a simple thing. I remember when they were little, I would be like, let's go in the garden and pick flowers for the salad. You know, I have nasturtiums growing and herbs and things like that. And just that would be like a little shift from, mm. this is a laborious chore. Sure. We're creating something pretty, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. a super simple example, but I think just the, how can I find it mm. within the mess? And how can I open up to it within? Mm. And it's just like everything in you wants to say, like, no, that's not possible. Um, Like, you know, yeah. But it it is. There is like, I think always the answer is to open Mm. past the place where you think where you're limiting yourself Mm -hmm. or where your mind is telling you, like, Mm -hmm. okay, it has to look this way for me to like really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And that's all the programming too, around what a good mom looks like and you know, when our kids are finally X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I used to take baths with my, I would get into the tub with my boys, which, you know, people thought that was kind of strange, but for me, it was like, okay, we're enjoying this bath or we had a um, massage after the bath every night just because it felt good, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, I was going to lose my mind if I didn't do those things. Yeah. Like it was out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so many ways to pull that in mm. um, and just weave it, weave in that sort of mm. we're living in a temple. That's what I used to tell them. Mm. This is our temple. 
Mm. You know, we put our shoes here and when we're, you know, I mean, of course they were wild and crazy and melting down and, you know, all of that. But I think you so much of living is just like, how do we cultivate the beauty and mm. pleasure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the mundane and in the ugly? Cause it's there. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be no, my, thank hope. you, Catherine. No, I, so <laughs> no, I so appreciate you saying that actually, you know, what was coming to mind is that maybe this is where I am in my process with it. Because I remember during COVID in this dark time I was describing earlier, mm-hmm. I needed to write down the things that would bring me pleasure, just even for after they went to bed or if they were napping or whatever, I needed it to be written down because I couldn't remember. In yeah, the too tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too tired. And and also like that muscle hadn't been used for so long. Like, I don't know. It just, it, something about it that just made, anyway, I was just having the same thought right now. I'm like, okay, this is new for me. I think I need to start by making a list. I mean, and it's not to say I don't have moments of pleasure. Like, of course I do, but of course. but what you're describing feels like intention. It takes yes. intention mm-hmm. and, and it's not something that I'm used to. And I don't think I'm used to seeing and all the stuff. And so maybe it's, maybe it's starting there with like, what are the, I love that. Of course, going to the garden. And I mean, you know, we have access to something sort of similar. So mm-hmm. let's, let's make that into something that then when I want to kind of call upon, like, okay, how, how can I infuse this with pleasure? Cause we're not always, there are many times where it's like, uh, you know, like, I know that whole, like, uh, it's drudgery that, that whole thing, shifting that mindset really does help you and it helps them. Right. So I did this like post-it note version of the list where I was like, Mm, here's what I can do. If I have five minutes, here's what I can do with 30. Here's what I can do with an hour. And then like, if I had a whole day and I just had it posted, it was like, okay, here we go. Right. And that's like, you know, it's not rocket science, but if you can just weave a little bit, yeah, it doesn't fix the whole problem. No, but I mean, it's building, it's honestly, it feels like building a muscle. Yes. And it's also building your nervous system in it. Your nervous system. Exactly. Yep. Totally. And you can get them involved. They love creating, you know, setting a beautiful table or, you know, I learned a lot of this stuff from the Waldorf school where my boys went, where they were so intentional with making everything, Mm. slowing it down, well, slowing things down helps, right? Mm. And, and making things beautiful and making Mm. things by hand and having the music and the beautiful cotton napkin, all that, Mm -hmm. it matters. It does. So yeah, I'm still working on how to do that with young adult men, but now they Mm. do it. Now they, now they do it because they've been raised like that, right? Right. You, you created the rituals around it. So that probably even grounds them in some way now. Just yes. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It is a ritual. Yeah. It is ritual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's an edge where you are. Totally. So that's an edge where I am, but in terms of just framing where, how I'm showing up and where my work and my like unique life, my soul, my life's purpose is. Yeah. Me. Yes. Um, you know, I'm a musician. That has been a huge identity of mine since I was four. I started playing when I was four. I was very seriously concertizing as a young person. And, you know, and I've had, I've had, I've had my ups and downs with it, shall we say. But this past weekend was Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was maybe the most authentic expression of Mina kind of put together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yet. And what I love is that I've been developing this sort of divine feminine, sensuality, pleasure, you know, uh, practice very much as like a separate kind of piece of myself from the music stuff, partly because the music stuff has felt so much in the um, conditioned world. 
that mm-hmm. I kind of, and it's so in my nervous system that it felt really hard to get, kind of get in there and mm. start <laughs> feeling it back. But this weekend, you know, I put together a concert that was just uh, beginning to end. felt like the pieces of who I am and what I'm here to do coming together. So bringing together just incredible female voices, singer, songwriters, mm. dancer, mm. Um, harpist, composer. I mean, whatever, just incredible women, San Francisco girls chorus, which are some of the most talented young musicians in the country. You know, we had this just incredible celebration of, it was called the power of creation and well, there you um, go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, it was on mother's day, but I mean, the idea was very Mm -hmm. much like we birth, I mean, we are capable with our life force energy of birthing life and new works of art. And, you know, where, where else can we tap into that same energy source? Mm like mm. what else can come from there right so mm. and and making the connection of these are the same mm-hmm. let's not shy away from what just mm-hmm. created one thing you one piece of beauty it's like it's all it's all coming mm. from there so like let's talk about it let's how did yeah, that so, feel to curate a whole amazing. event around that so good it felt so good and i and i was able uh. to kind of play you know, MC, I was thinking about it, right? I was, I was the MC and I'm not used to thinking about that. <laughs> Masters of, Master of Ceremonies. It's like, this is a ceremony. Let's turn this concert, mm-hmm. which is used to being, you know, this sort of like you show up, you sit in your seat. Let's turn this into something that feels more sacred. And that feels mm-hmm. like it has moments to close your eyes and bring to, you know, bring to your mind's eye, that mother figure that, you know, has held you and like moments to stand up and be celebrated for being a mother mm-hmm. in the room. And, you know, it just, and then, oh, and then we had a little, I don't know if I had told you about this, but um, I think I did that. I started something called the lullaby project um, yes. during COVID and that paired expecting mothers who were facing real life challenges, not that you need to be on top of being pregnant um, with incredible singer songwriters. And so we brought two of those lullabies were performed live for the first time, but the mothers and the, and the singers met for the first time as well in person. Um, And like one of the babies was on stage who had been in her mommy's belly when they were writing it. And uh, it was just, it was like, it was amazing. It was beyond. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Really. Maybe maybe you're going to be doing more ritual (laughs) rituals that are healing with music. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think, I mean, it's an obvious, right. It's an obvious <laughs> place for me. For well, sure. the obvious and, is not always the, no, <laughs> the one we choose. Right. <laughs> so true. No, I know. And you know, it's sort of, it's still, there, there's a bigger, I mean, music obviously is like such an obvious place for me to um, give and to also just, and to receive mm-hmm. and creating experiences mm-hmm. that are really deep and rich and meaningful is probably the like even more underlying layer of this, right? So, mm-hmm. and if, and if I yes. think about, right, it's like, yeah, there's, there's a through line there. And then, you know, and then I think the other very big through line of like what I'm, what I want to do for women is like, is create spaces where they can connect with radical self-love. So like really, really feel that love for self in order to then, well, I should say in order to, it's like, to feel that. And then what I hope is that from that place, they will demand that the world reflect that. Mm. So that sort of, let's start a revolution. Let's do this together. Yes. Kind of thing that comes from a place of just like deep inner knowing and deeper inner right. love. Right. Well, that's that truth that I was talking about. Once you get aligned with it and mm-hmm. click into it, 
-hmm. you can't go back to seeing the world differently. So you don't have to actually do anything except recalibrate. Right. And so you're talking about creating an environment where that could happen. And I want to do that with you. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we're doing, we're doing it. We just need more collaborative, right? I mean, I, I, know. Think, I, think, yeah. mm, I love this. I can really feel I haven't seen you in a while, yeah. but just that you've really been doing it. Mm. You're doing it. Mm. The lines are not as strong between your work and your emergent, you know, pleasure work, mm. pleasure activist. I don't know what you want to call yeah. that work. Yeah, but... sure. Pleasure activism work. I mean, again, mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. see myself as an activist, as somebody who's really trying to shift the status quo and to like activate people, you know? Yeah. You're great. You're great for that. And, but I love that it's coming together mm -hmm. in this way. And I'm, mm -hmm. are, would you be willing to talk about any challenges that you've had in doing that? Because yeah. one of the things I'm trying to do is make these conversations like very inspiring. Yes. Like we can do this. We can come together. Here's some thoughts. Here are women who are doing it. And yeah. every single woman I've talked to is doing a piece, which yeah. is so amazing, yeah. right? Every single woman. And also to talk about the real, real, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if challenge is the right word, but the what you come up against within yourself or within the system when you're trying to do something like this. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and I, and I would be so curious that the, um, the threads that like a lot of people speak to, cause I bet there's a lot of consistency mm -hmm. around those. Um, I'm going to talk about that. And when I get it together in my own, I'm going to try to take that together and do a little podcast about what I'm seeing in all of us I love that. more okay. collective. Yeah. 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 I think for me, the biggest shift in, yeah, the biggest challenges have been around a feeling of belonging, a feeling of just really going against the grain <laughs> and, and the fear that comes mm -hmm. up in being alone in that, um, in feeling like you've put too much out there. I think I, I will, I will. Yeah, I'm thinking of some of your posts right yeah. now. No, I, I mean, I, I mean, you really have been going for it. I know. Thank you. Ooh. I have, I love and, it. you know, it's mm -hmm. freaking scary. I mean, have you had any sort of negative reception yeah, or are you? Have yeah. Them? I mean, okay. I, I think when it comes to, uh, things around sexuality and sensuality, especially mm -hmm. there's such a container a rigid container that has been constructed for us of what is right and wrong. And mm -hmm. there's, there is so much on, uh, I'm sure this is true for many different categories of things, but I'll just speak to this. There is so much like rewiring and peeling back the layers that like we all have to do in order to reconceive of where this energy can be in the world. And like, just to completely change, I mean, we, like, it's like, kind of, it feels like we have to do a complete overhaul when it comes yes. to how we think of sexual and sensual energy. Right. Yeah. And so of course, like so much of what I put out there, I'm like constantly dancing with like, is this going to be perceived? Like, how, is this going to be perceived in any way, the way I want it to be perceived? And how do I like, and I have no control over how it's right. perceived. Right. So right. do I put it out there? even though it's going to be misconstrued because I know what I'm put like the, where the energy is coming from, from me. And it is not to, you know, be sexualized or objectified or whatever, mm. just kind of knowing when it feels safe to put something out there and what does safe even mean? I mean, it's yes. Right. Like, 
I, yes, the, some of my work has definitely been mis misconstrued. I wasn't necessarily made very aware of it um, until it was sort of a behind, you know, it was like actually through my husband's professional life that it oh. came into. Oh, yeah. well, there we have some right. interesting. Exactly. <laughs> right. Totally. And many, and many oh, people ask your me. Wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like your wife. <laughs> and how does this reflect on his professional? Like it could just be bad for his professional life. Oh boy. Wow. There's a yeah. little hornet's nest. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And so that, and that, and that's what people, I mean, that's, you know, the one or two people who have said something, right. So who knows, who, who knows, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, just being so, I just, the challenge of coming back each time to myself and saying, you know, making sure checking in to make sure that like, this feels right. And that I'm doing that I'm taking action from right. A very aligned, integrated place. Mm -hmm. And you know, always moving with like, at least for me, this is feeling, this is feeling right. It's like, it needs to be something that cha that plays my edge. Yes. Just so, right. Cause it mm -hmm. needs to, I want it to play my edge. I, I, if I feel uncomfortable, I feel the vulnerability hangover mm -hmm. after I've done something, but I felt mm -hmm. like it was right in the moment. I trust it. Mm -hmm. If it feels like it's too big of a leap and I'm just going to feel like, I'm just not going to feel safe. I'm going to feel really, mm -hmm. you know, out of sorts. Then I'm not, then, then don't do it. The timing's not right yet. You know, it's like, okay, maybe it will be. That's, that's how I'm, that's how I'm doing things right now. But well, it's um, sustainable it's because you're doing that. Oh, you're opening past. I mean, you're opening past like this collective nervous system of what says it's okay. You're just doing a little opening and waiting mm -hmm. and then adjusting and then a little more. I mean, that's what it looks like to watch you. It's like, oh, okay, here's a little more. Here's a little more. Mm -hmm. And then there's a the digesting of it mm -hmm. yeah. for people. And I just, I think it's very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. And you're giving permission. I mean, the thing that really, it's you're giving permission. And there has been, I think, even just talking about this is challenging for women. Yeah. But there you are, you're moving like it. I mean, I'll say like reclaiming since I'm like you, I'm like, yes, more yeah. sexuality, more sensuality. It's like yeah. where it's at. Mm -hmm. It's, it's where we can enjoy life. It's where we can like in nightlife. It's where we can just be in the juiciness of it all. Right. But even, you know, I have clients where I'll even just saying like orgasm, mm -hmm. you know, what's your relationship to an orgasm mm -hmm. is an edge, mm -hmm. right? Because we don't talk about that, mm -hmm. right? That's not something that we would like really get into, but that's one of the most healing places to work with a woman, mm -hmm. right? Is around her own relationship to her own self-pleasure and her own mm -hmm. enjoyment of her own life energy. Mm -hmm. But even just starting the conversation mm -hmm. is it's, um, and I always do, it's included in most of my work because I think it, it's the deepest layer, mm -hmm. right? So then to be visible with it, which is where you're going. And I know you're saying it's not necessarily for that every time, mm -hmm. but you're in the life force of the mm -hmm. sacred feminine, right? Mm -hmm. And to be visible, it's pretty, mm -hmm. I have to give you a, a, a your courage mm. is there for sure. Thank you. And it's really beautiful. Mm. And it sounds like you're taking other women through that same, or you're going to be taking yeah. women through that same process. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that one of my challenges is like really meeting people where they are and not feeling like, I just want to like, I just want to be like, jump here, jump here. This is so good here. You know? And it's like, I really, okay. 
I think that is my, that will be part of my um, practice and my journey is like, you know, yeah. Right. Cause we all, we all have like very specific, like, I don't know, for some people, like there's so much joy in that process, right. Of like taking them slowly through the sort of like meeting them where they are and just like taking their hand and like having to me that feel, it doesn't feel like the natural way that I, I don't know. That I well, you, I mean, you'll, you'll find the people who work with your way. Yeah, no, I think you're that, right. That potency. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. no, I think that's, I think that's probably true. And, 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 you know, it's probably going to be a mix of like me finding ways to really connect and also, and also like those people who want that sort of, you know, <laughs> fire for sure. Right. Yeah, no, I wanted to say also, thank you for sort of acknowledging my work and, and the permission giving piece of it, because I think probably that has been the biggest piece of mm-hmm. what at least the sort of like general public, if I want to call it that, you know, whoever's mm-hmm. engaging with my work who I don't necessarily know super well with work, like what we do, it's hard to feel tons of support for it from the general public. So I think there's like a huge leap of faith yes. that you're getting to the people that you're meant to be getting to Mm-hmm. And that they may not even be showing themselves, but right. that the message is landing. Yes. Um, and it's slowly, slowly, slowly chipping away at their preconceived notions, at their conditioning, at their. And so mm-hmm. I think, in I'm trusting that that's true. And in small ways, I have continued to receive feedback that is essentially mm-hmm. that like, mm-hmm. thank you for giving permission. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't have ever take an action that way if it hadn't been for just seeing you normalize xyz right right just showing up and saying it it's okay because i'm just going to do this and you know and put it out there and this just is going to slowly make it okay you know how are you informed because as you're talking it feels like you are really deeply connected to the sacred feminine Mm. and it's just sort of carving this through you right I don't hear you saying like, here's my goal and I'm going to make this happen. There's going to be 10 steps. And mm-hmm. it's just sort of like, well, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> today I'm moved. And so yeah. I'm expanding. Yeah. Right. And I'm going yeah. to put this, is that how it goes? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, well, that's interesting. I'd be so curious to hear about your, your <laughs> experience with it. I feel like this is who I am. This is who I have always been. And for me, it's like, Mm. it was the permission given to me. Mm. It's only been a few years, right. That I've even been aware of the sacred feminine as like a whole life as life. But you are it. I mean, and I am, I've always been it. It's your body. I just am like, I, Mm -hmm. and so, and so finally I'm like, thank God there's a place that like, I like belong and that makes Mm. sense to me. And that like, allows me to feel like I'm not the broken one. I mean, I I've tried like, right. Like most of my life until very recently has felt like I'm constantly trying and trying and trying to, to be the thing that I think I'm supposed to be. And, Mm. um, and that like, you know, I, I'm, I'm married to a very successful musician who, you know, I have watched, we, we met just out of graduate school in a, in a postgraduate fellowship program in New York. And we, and we have worked together very closely for, for many years after that as violinist, violist, built an organization, all sorts of things. And I just watched his way of leadership being Mm -hmm. 
chosen mm. time and time mm. again and being elevated and being, you know, and this was my experience. I'm sure a lot of people mm. would say, oh, no, you know, well, we want to hear your experience. But yeah, I mean, my experience of it was like, I, why can't I be more like that? And like, why, mm. like, I want to lead, I want to, you know, mm. um, be, you know, celebrated in these ways. And, and that's my most recent point of comparison of like, feeling like my way of being is just not, mm. Yeah. It's just not as valuable. It's not as respected. It's not, you know, it doesn't fit into the mm. mold. And so it just, I, I just kept being like, Oh, something's wrong with me. Mm. So it, yes. And that's, that's one thing that happens, right? I mean, this has been a huge part of the conversation that we're having on Magnolia leadership, which is what does leadership really mean mm. as female body people who are identifying as that, right? Mm. And what have the challenges been as we've tried to participate in this world, mm-hmm. right? Which you're really naming right here. I mean, I had a woman on who's a retired executive. She was a lawyer in a big company. Mm-hmm. And so she felt all that, but then made herself go in, mm-hmm. right? And be, she was kick-ass. She did great in there. Mm-hmm. But now looking back over her life, she's like, here's all the things that mm-hmm. I gave up by doing that here here's the cost of you know being a woman trying to lead in a man's world but it sounds like for you that just wasn't I just couldn't do it I couldn't like, it. Yeah. <laughs> right which I couldn't I mean, yeah yeah no I mean it's sort of sort of to the point of like an opposite direction right like I felt like I could hack the like okay I'm going to be the girl who like dresses like you know, sexy and is like, you know, always, you know, and is flirty and is whatever as a way to like gain power and like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm, I can play this game. And then, you know, in the opposite direction, like I couldn't play that game. It just, what it, you know, when it came to like showing up as a man in a lot of ways, or just Mm -hmm. in, in very masculine kind of conforming ways of doing business, it's just so, it's just so not me. Oh my God. I'm also a projector. You know, yes, I know you are our special projector. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, that was a huge, that's huge a moment of clarity one. too for me. It's mm-hmm. like I'm a systems mm-hmm. person, and I'm and I need so much rest, and I need so much, and it's just like, yes, mm-hmm. like this is me. This is who you know. I'm not just the lazy one. You know, who right. I've also been labeled my whole life. I like that. I like that for you, the projector. Yeah. I've got one at my house too. That's right. <laughs> it's so great. I love. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you need to go in your room for several hours. <laughs> Yes. I mean, the Uh, permission it's, it's giving permission. That's, I guess that's partly like getting, getting back to the um, conversation before this about giving permission. Like I am so honored to be in a place to give people permission because having received permission to now start to be so much more of who I really am, Mm -hmm. it's like Mm. the greatest gift. Oh, I feel like I'm finally like free in so many ways that I never felt free, you know? Mm. Mm. that's beautiful okay if people are interested in learning about the mother's work or your pleasure or your music how do they how do they find you sure so I I am sensual reveler that is the sort of title of my body of work thus far and I'm on Instagram with that handle Um, I also have a website with that address sensualreveler.com and yeah that's those are the good places to find me and see what I'm up to Okay. Uh, it's true that it is ever unfolding. And I, right. again, in the spirit of the feminine, I feel very much like who knows what else is going to be birthed and like which direction I'm going to be called into. So that's just, those are good ways to, yeah. Great. Ancient voices.
That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, we are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. Sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, so much love to you.